Welcome back to the Marnie Blick Tapes, the crime podcast that follows the many cases of famed detective Marnie Blick and her assistant, Finn Graham. If this is your first time with us, we recommend going back and starting from the beginning, or at least part one of this case, as this is the third and final part of this case. A quick recap. Adrian Costa was shot and killed in his home of Cold Springs, New York. He worked in the ER at the local hospital. He also happened to be Marnie's ex-boyfriend. During the investigation, Finn was shot and wounded by an anonymous caller. This led to a failed sting operation, which led to the shooter kidnapping a girl in retaliation. An exchange was set up. Marnie for the kidnapped girl, Julia Hemner. The exchange was to take place at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, but Marnie and Finn's plan was to track him back to his vehicle. However, Dustin got spooked earlier than expected and Finn lost him in the crowd. But he did get a photo of his face. So he faxed the scan to Marnie, and to everyone's surprise, Marnie recognized him. The face she saw that day was of Dustin Hall, the same man who hit Marnie and left her paralyzed from the waist down. The man who caused her to begin doing her investigations in this manner. The man who, in many ways, is responsible for how we are able to produce this podcast and for how you're able to listen to it. So, to fully understand what we think Marnie would be going through here, we are going to give you some backstory to Dustin Hall. We know this because, as Marnie does, she did her research and, of course, she went all out when it came to the man who hit her. Dustin Hall hailed from Louisville, Kentucky, and moved to New York City in the early 90s after being in and out of a juvenile hall as a kid. Dustin's record included a few assault charges at bars and one charge of unlawful gun possession. When it came to his criminal sentencing after hitting Marnie, the court came to the conclusion that it was a tragic drunk accident. He was sentenced to six years in prison. And this is what Marnie is dealing with, realizing the same man that killed her ex and shot her assistant is the same man that left her paralyzed in the street. Marnie figured that Adrian's murder could have simply been a way to lure her out into the case. Marnie was incredibly secretive and hard to locate, so Dustin Hall may have done all this to get revenge on Marnie for putting him behind bars all those years ago. Mind you, he's the one who hit her with his car and caused a life-altering injury, so we're not sure who should be out for revenge here. So Marnie does what she does best. She researches. Then she calls back for Okay, so... It is Dustin. He was released three weeks ago. What? Yeah, he applied for parole five months ago and was accepted. Jesus. Looks like he behaved himself in prison. Oh, great. So, yeah. He was released three weeks ago, but his parole officer hasn't seen him and or been in contact with him since... Last Friday. Yeah, it sounds like this is our guy. So I'm going to have an old cop friend check out his place. Let's have you just stay where you are. Marty, I I can do it. I'd rather not, like, put you in any of these kinds of situations anymore, Finn. I I know, I know, but I got this. Why risk getting anyone else involved, Marty? I'm good. (sighs) You have to be extremely careful. I know. Like... I know, Marty. 
Desperate times called for desperate measures. And with Julia in the hands of Dustin, time was of the essence. And not wanting to risk contacting the police, they decided to break into Dustin's apartment to see if they could find anything that would lead to Julia's whereabouts. Finn drove his rental from his hotel in Manhattan over to the Bronx. This was where Dustin had listed his address for his parole officer. Finn waited outside for an hour and Marnie suggested walking around a few blocks to see if the red van that Julia had been reportedly taken in was parked anywhere nearby. Not a single red van. Nope. So I'm gonna look inside. What's the apartment number again? 16. Be careful, he may know your face. Yeah, that's true. I'm just gonna take a look around. Okay, check to see if the lights are on or if you hear anything. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. What do you see? Uh, just, I'm walking through the hallway right now. Okay, tell me when you get there. Yeah. Okay, I'm outside. The lights are off. Okay. And... Nothing. There's no sound coming from inside. I'm going to find a way in. Be careful. Finn eventually found a way in. We don't know if he broke in through a window, but according to the floor plans, there is a small patio that you may be able to get through from the street. Marnie gets a call back from Finn a few okay. minutes what later. Do you, um, what do you see? Um, shit. It's pretty messy. There's clothes are in a pile. There's lots of toys. Wait, does he have toys? Yeah. No, none that are listed. That's strange. Also, a lot of the clothing is women's. He could be a crossdresser. I doubt it. Are you sure you're in apartment 16? Yeah, this is 16. Okay, well, there's a bunch of letters here, and they're written for Dustin. Like they're they're addressed to him. Okay. Any anything useful? Um. No, it's just parole stuff. Should I take it? Yeah, but not everything. We can't have them knowing someone's okay. here. Uh, I have a phone. Oh, great. Um, open it up. Look at his recent calls. I, I can't. It says I need to enter a pin. Fuck. Really? Yeah. It, it just uh, takes me to a screen where I can enter four numbers. Okay. Uh, Try one one two seven. One one two seven. Okay. Nope. Okay. Try one nine six eight. Nope. Why those numbers? Birthday. It's the most common pin combination. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, try four two five five. Nope. What's that? Hall. Oh, oh shit, it locked me out. Okay, keep looking, but take the phone with you. Okay. Also, it could not be his. Why do you say that? Uh, the background of the phone is a J. What do you mean? It's just a picture of a J. The letter J. Just that. Okay, okay. Yeah, you might be right. What about a phone number, like, written down anywhere? Shh, 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 shh. What? I, I think I hear someone. I'll call the police. Oh, 
What? It's not him. What do you mean? Stand the line. Finn manages to cool down the situation. Turns out that this apartment belonged to Roxy, a woman of the night and Dustin's lover. After hearing that Dustin had kidnapped a girl, Roxy agreed to help. She had a 10-year-old girl and felt it would be wrong to not help. Finn and Roxy continue their conversation in Finn's car. Finn didn't want to risk having Dustin show up at Roxy's place unannounced. So you have no idea where you could be? No, I really don't. I promise if I did, I would tell you. Okay, tough, tough. He told me he was done with this. He said he was going to stop fucking with this shit. And you believed him? Yeah, yeah, I did. Do you know any family that you could be staying with right now? No. Or, or like, friends? No. no. How often does he stay at your place? I don't know, not that often. It's a couple days a week. He listed listed it as his primary address according to his parole officer. Why would he do that? Look, he he told me that if I let him do that for a little while, that he would pay me some money. Oh, okay, I see. I'm not judging you, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any of his stuff that I can maybe go through? Yeah, yeah, some stuff. Is it okay if I look through it back at the apartment now, or...? Thank you, thank you, that helps a lot. Um, oh, also. Do you know whose phone this is? Um, yeah, it's one of his phones, one of Dustin's. Do you know the passcode to it? No. That's okay. Um, when was the last time you talked to Dustin? It was a few days ago. He asked if anyone had stopped by. Did anyone? Yeah, his parole officer was asking where he was. Anybody else? No. Hmm. No. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take a look at his stuff, if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I don't care, take it all. Great. And if he does call, or if you have anyone contact you, just just call me right away if you can. Okay, I will. I appreciate that. I hope he catches son of a bitch. The next day, Marnie gets a call around 11 in the morning from Dustin Hall again. Finn is back in his hotel in Cold Springs at this point, and as of now, they have no lead on where Dustin is keeping the young girl, Julia. Here's the tape from the call between Marnie and Dustin. You ready to stop playing games now? Where's the girl? I'm with her right now. She's fine. She's fine. Don't worry. Let her go and we can talk. No. We're doing it my way. Meet me at the gas station off the 9 from Cold Springs. 30 minutes. I can't do 30. I'm in Manhattan. 
1.30 p.m. sharp. We can exchange me for her. No exchange. The girl stays here. We meet. If there's any shady business, the girl dies. I'm the only one who knows where she is here. Anything happens to me, the girl dies, starves. She's not going anywhere. Fine. Fine. You take the 301 from Cold Springs. Turn south on the mine. First gas station on your right. After this call ends, Marnie quickly calls Finn. Here's that call. Hey, so Dustin wants to meet. 1.30, just outside Cold Springs. Okay, am I going? No, actually. Actually, he wanted to meet in 30 minutes, which means he must be somewhat close to the location he asked to meet at. Yeah. I'm going to call you back. I've got an idea. What Marty does next is impressive. On her call with Dustin, one detail really stood out to her. In fact, let's see if you can hear it yourself. We'll play it back for you. 30 minutes. I can't do 30. I'm in Manhattan. 1.30 p.m. sharp. We can exchange me for her. No exchange. The girl stays here. We meet. If there's any shady business, the girl dies. I'm the only one who knows where she is. Did you hear anything? The whistle from the train. That detail stuck out to Marnie. And that's what sets her off. She knows that Dustin Hall has Julia within a 30-minute drive from the location he asked to meet her at. Looking at a map, she limits the radius he could be hiding her significantly. But a whistle from an extremely nearby train? That narrows it down much, much further. There's only one train line through this area, so Marnie now contacts the local train service to get some more information. She's specifically looking to find if there's some intersection or crossing where the train conductors usually sound their train's whistle. We don't have the records of the phone calls she made, but we have Marnie's notes. Turns out, there was a train that left Cold Springs at 11.07 a.m., This train arrived at the next station called Beacon at 11.18. From her calls, Marnie found out that the trains on the Hudson Line usually use the train whistle when passing through a station they are skipping. And this train skipped the station between Cold Springs and Beacon. It would definitely have blown its whistle passing through Breakneck Ridge, which is exactly during the time Marnie was on the phone with Dustin Hall. Marnie feels very confident that she's pinpointed the exact location where Julia is being held. She calls Finn back. Yeah, sure. I think I know where Julia is. What? Breakneck Ridge. It's near the train station on the Hudson Line. It's not far from you. Okay. I need you to get into the area, scope it out. Anything near the train tracks. For sure. Uh, Dustin will be heading out soon to where he thinks I'm meeting him. For sure. Just uh, give me a second. I'll call you right back real quick. Time is ticking, and fast. At this point, Marnie calls Dustin, letting him know that she's almost at the rendezvous point. Right after that, she calls Finn. Hey. Just talk to Dustin, he should be on his way. Okay. So I'm at, I'm at Breakneck Ridge. It's uh, like a lookout point for this castle that's on an island in the river. Hey, you there? Yeah, just bad reception. 
much better. This is better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not um, much around here. Do you see anywhere uh, near the train tracks? Do you see anywhere Julia could be? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know exactly where she is. There's, there's this, there's like a, there's like a abandoned-looking utility shack or something. It's like a cabin. I don't know. It's, it's a ways off, but I can. Oh shit. What? Okay, Dustin drove a red van, right? Yeah, red. It just pulled out of here. A red van just left. That's him. Must be. Yeah, it must be. I can't... Jesus, that really worked out. Okay, wait till he's out of sight. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm gonna see if she's there. Call me back. Finn managed to get to the utility shack and calls Marnie back. Hey, it's locked. Are there windows? Uh, no. Uh, should I just break the door? Like, break it down? Yeah, try. Is she there? Morning. She's here, yeah. Oh, thank God. Julia. Julia, is there? Is she okay? No, I'm here to get you out of this, okay? Everything's gonna be fine. Fuck. Uh, Finn, Dustin's calling me. Okay, just call me back. Hello? You fucked up, Morning. And now she's going to die. I'll pick another one until... I'm almost there. Too late. You missed our date. I'm not fucking around anymore. Finn. Yeah, she's fine. She's okay. Finn? Finn, can you, can you hear me? Wait, Dustin. Finn. Dustin is on his way back. He's going to be back any minute. Unable to get to Finn, Marnie now contacts the Cold Springs Police Department to get back up in as fast as possible. And moments later, she gets a call from Finn. Are you okay? We're out. We're out. We're done. Oh, thank God. Julie's in the car. So. Thank God. Okay. Um, cops are coming to get Dustin. He should be back any moment now. Okay. Yep. Yep. The red van is coming. Are you far away? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at a distance. Far enough. He's pulling up to the cabin. He's out. Okay, okay. Going into the cabin now. Wait. Get Julia back to the station. I'll be in touch with the sheriff. Cops are here. He's done. Good job. Okay. Dustin Hall was arrested that day for the murder of Adrian Costa and the kidnapping of Julia Hemner. While the ordeal had obvious traumatic psychological effects on her, Julia was luckily otherwise unharmed and was able to recover well. Dustin Hall's trial was a swift affair. With Marnie's help, the prosecution had a very straightforward case. Dustin Hall was sentenced to life in prison. But for Marnie, there were still unanswered questions. Many unanswered questions. A few weeks after Dustin's prison sentence, Marnie was able to reach him via phone in the prison. Here's the recording of that call. That's not surprising. You just called to say hello. Well, no, actually. No, I... What? You want to know why? Yeah, of course I want to know why. Well, I really can't say much on the phone, okay? But, might as well. I'm stuck here anyway. Well, look, I was on the job, you know. 
Uh, and I didn't finish the job, so when I got out, I had to finish it. There was a hit on me? You've made lots of enemies, looks like. Who put out the hit? I can't talk about this on the phone. Just come see me sometime. We can talk. Dustin, just tell me now. Gotta go. Thanks for calling. Dustin, please. Unable to focus on anything else after this call, Marnie decided to take on the journey from wherever she was staying all the way back to New York, to where Dustin Hall was being held in prison, to meet with him in person. This is actually the first time we've come across Marnie physically going to a location herself. But when she landed at JFK Airport, she got a phone call from the prison warden where Dustin Hall was incarcerated. We don't have a recording of this phone call. But we know from notes that the prison warden informed Marnie that earlier that very morning, Dustin Hall was found dead in his cell. It was deemed a suicide. But considering he had just agreed to talk to Marnie, we have reason to believe that there was some foul play. With Dustin died whatever chance Marnie had to figure out who had wanted her killed. All those years ago, Dustin had run her over with his car, failing in his mission. He had spent years and years in jail, and once out, he had been determined to finish the job. Whoever put this hit out on Marnie, this was a very, very powerful and dangerous person, and we'll be discovering more about them in the next season of the Marnie Blick Tapes. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We're so happy to have spent this time with you, and yeah, that's our first season of Cases Done. We're already hard at work on season two. As always, you can follow us at Antonius Nazareth and at Nicholas M. Sato on Instagram. And you can always email us at themarnieblicktapes at gmail.com. If you've got friends and family that may be into this sort of thing, it would be amazing if you could share our podcast with them. And of course, if you can, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash themarnieblicktapes. Editing by Nicholas Sato and Antonius Nazareth. Music by Antonius Nazareth. And special thanks to Mallory Blick and all of you for listening to the Marnie Blick Tapes. <laughs>